Thank you for tuning in to the Alt Fund Investment Podcast. Please like and subscribe if you find this information helpful. We connect investment fund managers and service providers. This content is for informational purposes only. Welcome to the All Fun Investment Podcast. My name is Mike Schroeder. Today we're here with Nilesh Sidrania. Nilesh, how are you doing? Excellent. How are you? Doing great. Thanks for joining us. Sure. Um, just to get the conversation started, do you mind telling us about your story and how you got to where you're at today? Definitely. Uh, my story is long, but I'll try to keep it short. Um, my experience or background or career, uh, it's in fund administration. So I worked with a fund administrator uh, roughly 15 years and then about one year with a technology company in New York. Um, and then I started what the company today is uh, six years ago, originally as a uh, technology company, I thought we'll build the technology for fund administration. That would be, you know, basically a marketplace where fund administrators can come on one side and fund admin service buyers could be on the other side, more like Uber of fund admin. Uh, so we built technology or software solution, um, but the whole concept uh, was, I think it was too new or nobody wanted to uh, just go random shopping for fund admin. Uh, so it didn't work. So I thought, let me go institutional and I can now sell it to fund administrator as a tech solution. Uh, back then, six years ago, five years ago, uh, cloud was still scary and I wanted to remain 100% cloud, uh, thinking that that is the future. And I didn't want to dilute our uh, vision at that time. So didn't get much success with the cloud uh, tech solution. So four years ago, we pivoted uh, to becoming fund admin ourselves. So essentially, uh, I just became my own customer, uh, bought the technology, and I said, we can now go out and sell services for fund administration. Um, it just worked out great. It's uh, got a lot of traction. Um, you worked with us great three years and we uh, experienced exponential growth, uh, both because of technology, but of course, because of the uh, overall market conditions, the bull market that was happening. Uh, so overall things worked in our favor and uh, last year was uh, exceptionally good for us. Uh, we had, I should say, 700% growth. Um, and it's continuing. I mean, it's not going to be 700% this year, nonetheless. Uh, it's, it's, things it's, are slowing it's down. Good. It's yeah, times yeah. are changing. What t tell tell us about your full lineup of services? Uh, you know, what, what do you, what do you guys do? Is, you know, fund administration, uh, anything else beyond that? And, uh, tell us about the client base you guys are working with as well. Definitely. So we, um, earlier I, <clears throat> the vision we had was let's become the uh, Amazon.com of fund services. So we could do any service that you want and or any help you need, just come to us, right? Um, but we narrowed our focus this year. 
or uh, you know i can say starting with the fourth quarter of last year we said that we uh, need to keep some focus um so we picked really two areas one was fund admin of course uh, going great so no uh, reason to slow down there uh, and then this year we added our focus uh, on technology sales so it's something that we haven't done in a big way uh, but that is something we will be launching will be um, publicizing a bit more uh, to to the marketplace and uh, target market um we have two tech portals one is of course the fund accounting system uh and the second is our investor onboarding uh, software so for both of these uh, we plan to go out in the market uh, offer them to the end customers which could be hedge funds or family offices allocators uh to use it for their purpose and then eventually uh even offer these to uh, other fund administrators so they could utilize these make their operations more efficient that's great so with the technology aspect so this is everything post trade and now beyond just doing the fund administration so you guys are going to license this out to you know maybe a, a family office that wants to maybe do shadow accounting or, or something like that exactly exactly or uh their family offices are a great example you know they could have investments in a variety of asset classes and one thing that we always wanted to keep is no limitation of any kind so we can cover or our fund accounting system is coded with uh practically every asset class uh any legal entity structure any domicile whether it's us outside us um as well as any calculations uh, that can be created on top of the raw accounting data um so giving that flexibility in an open system so uh, these end customers small or large can build their own application layer on top of uh, our base uh, layer so that's our idea where we offer our uh, accounting and reporting solutions seamless as a platform so to speak uh that other companies can take and they can uh, build their own application their own branded application on top of it uh, so that's our vision um and uh, and do the same thing with the investor onboarding portal also uh, there we have again become our own customer uh, we are launching our marketplace uh, marketplace where the investors can find managers managers can find investors um so we are offering this uh, marketplace we should go live if if not this year then perhaps next year got it that's awesome stuff um so t- tell us about the fund administration landscape um you know in terms of different players out there uh what what does that look like and how does formidium differentiate itself sure so um lot of great companies in this space um old and new uh, you know 6 years ago i could say that there's not enough technology um but i think today things are different so it's not just us but many other companies they have done a great job of at least recognizing that more tech is needed 
and then starting to uh, look for alternates, starting to build uh, technology, starting to build automation uh, uh, on in, in this sort of post-trade back office ops. Um, it's not where it should be, but at least it, it's happening. Um, and it's not as bad as uh, it used to be. Uh, it used to be dominated, if you asked me 15 years ago, uh, this was more like a CPA firm type business. Mm -hmm. um, hourly services, uh, or build hourly. Uh, so that thing has completely changed. So it went from a CPA business to an independent uh, fund administration business to uh, a more tech-oriented business. And you know where it's heading is, you, you know, if you ask me five years from today, uh, what do I expect? Uh, I think even today's model will not be relevant. What does the future look like? I was I was going to get to it later, but let's jump into it now. What, what, what does the future of fund administration look like? And does blockchain play any role in that? Um, so I won't say that it will become irrelevant. It's just that it will not be as visible or as uh, front-end service as it is today. Um, in most part, fund administration is an important service because uh, there are investors uh, that expect a third-party administrator. Um, they expect some internal controls. So if technology can provide those controls, whether it's by way of uh, you know, blockchain or other automation or other internal controls, then that intermediation uh, is not needed. So then we don't need to be arbiters of truth here uh, you know, to approve or reject anything. Um, so I think five years from today, if you know, blockchain is just one kind of technology that can uh, push us in a direction where uh, the intermediation is reduced or eliminated, um, and decentralization or disintermediation starts. Uh, meaning we'll be doing the job, but we may not be visible. Nobody may know about us. You know, fund managers may not know about us, and fund investors may not know about us. Yeah, um, it's more so in the background. And I think that's a better way. Uh, you know, think like your payroll service provider. It's there in every company, except that it's you know nobody thinks about uh, who my payroll service provider is, right? Uh, and I think this is the uh, future. If not five years, then definitely in ten years. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, what are some considerations that crypto funds should be thinking about when they're choosing a fund administrator? Yeah, you know, crypto funds, um, it's, uh, it's interesting. Two years ago, it was uh, a brand new asset class. Um, I mean, funds were there, but in most part, 90% uh, of the growth has happened in last two years, I should say. Uh, right? And that was, and still today, there's not enough uh, infrastructure, uh, not enough institutional infrastructure, whether it's the uh, data sources, data processing applications or uh, solutions, uh, or even trained staff, both in technology and operations. Um, 
I think that's changing very, very quickly. Um, to a point where I think there may be over-investment uh, relative to the size of market. Um, so what has happened is, you know, while I thought 12 months ago that it will take five years to get to where we are today, uh, mm-hmm. the whole thing just got accelerated because of so much of uh, over-investment uh, is what I think uh, happened here, um, which is good, right? Now, that infrastructure that I didn't think will be there today, uh, it's there. Um, that hurts some companies uh, because, you know, now they need to figure out what to do with this uh, airplane that nobody wants to <laughs> fly, right? Yeah. Um, but it's good in general for the industry because now they can have uh, cheaper air tickets, so to speak. Um, and it can make them more efficient. So hopefully that might result in bigger demand, perhaps more inflow of money, uh, more projects, more investments. Um, right, more use cases. More use cases, exactly. And for like funds thinking about, you know, coming, you know, a new, a new fund thinking about administrator, what should they specifically be thinking about? Like when, you know, when you're interviewing an admin or, you know. Let's see, you know, um, just like any buyer, it's, it's a buying decision, right? So you have to evaluate the product. You have to ask the right question that, you know, if I'm buying something, if I'm going to be a user of the service or product, how will it work or will it even work? And I think that's where uh, most of the mis- mistakes are happening. Um, so just the reading the uh, marketing material or brochure, that's not the answer. Um, so, or in this case, this hearing from somebody that we have 25 years of history or 50 years of history, that really means nothing in crypto world, right? And I think that's where I sometimes have a hard time digesting um, that a buyer will rate history more than efficiency of the product. Right. Uh, now they can still make the same decision. They can say that, you know what, you know, yes, we do care for uh, 25 years of history. Uh, and that's our decision making point. Uh, but then they may lose out on product uh, or efficiency, which is what they should be supporting, right? That's where they are investing. That's their whole use case. Right. Um, so I think this is the... The one thing they should, uh, the, uh, the buyers or the fund managers, when they select fund administrator or any other service provider in this landscape, um, should evaluate. Um, and there are a lot of good options. You know, two years ago, the problem was there were uh, no options in many cases. And I remember many of these webinars that were happening. Even we did some webinars two years ago, and the topic was oh. Uh, there's not enough uh, supply of custodians. And today, I think custodians uh, are just saturated, competing, and it's oversaturated. It's, uh, there's so much of competition that 
uh, that undercutting has started happening. So, so do you see the market quickly within 24 months has uh, gone from no supply to oversupply? Uh, same thing with you know other service providers, whether it's the you know payment processing, technology, um, fund administration, uh, auditors. Uh, many audit firms now support uh, crypto funds, right. um, tax preparers. So that infrastructure, uh, as I said, now it's there. Maybe not 100%, but a lot more than what it was uh, 12 months ago. Yeah. So that's the – and if you have so many options, why not go for the best, right? And you should not be asking about history. Uh, uh, and – most of these solutions are technology solutions. So uh, you can actually touch and feel if the solution is there uh, on what would be the end product. Um, that's what I'll advise. Uh, in terms of pricing, I think it's the, all of these services are uh, very competitive. So um, I don't think there is any bigger gap in pricing between one solution versus second solution. Right. I know years ago there used to be large, very large deltas, but yeah, it, sounds, it seems like that's kind of, you know, n narrowing, if you will. Okay. So when, when it comes to, you know, specifics in crypto, let's say like exchanges, I know, you know, I've heard, I've heard that a lot of the exchanges have like issues in terms of like their API getting like data feeds. Uh, I guess what, let's start with that. What does that look like? It used to be terrible 12 months ago. Right, a lot of chaos, uh, a lot of weak infrastructure, um, and probably this over demand was crushing uh, the uh, the capabilities of these exchanges. Um, now there is not as much uh, demand or as much pressure, so I think they are performing better. But of course, with time, they have also improved. So it's not as bad as, as it was 12 months ago. So again, as I said, things have improved dramatically. So that has made our job a lot uh, easier. Um, not to say that it's now perfect and it's like click of a button and everything gets done. Uh, but, you know, I can definitely say that our uh, we have achieved roughly 70% more efficiency within just last 12 months. So, uh, much better. Yeah. Um, there is this, uh, and as I said, there are more solutions, and there are more, well, for lack of a better word, intermediaries uh, yeah. to uh, help with data, to help with sanitization of data. In fact, we, you know, one of the technology solution or part of the technology solution is we can provide that sanitized data back to anybody else. Um, there are solutions uh, to even go directly to chain, blockchain itself, and replicate the data or uh, aggregate the data. So like on-chain, like, on -chain, like activity, like wallet exactly. transfers or DeFi? So a lot of uh, like going to the original source and then capturing the data is happening. We have started doing that, uh, fetching data directly from blockchains aggregating from there as opposed to uh, going through other sources. But nonetheless, the answer is that uh, now there are more choices 
you know what we used to do by hand 12 months ago it's not as much uh, uh today a lot more automated yes uh now in terms of like defi like wallet tracking like yeah i i gotta imagine to a degree this gotta be a nightmare uh, especially for like high frequency you know market makers um and even like just thinking about you know new protocol comes to market you know maybe there's a high yield and, and you got traders trying to get in uh what does that side look like how do, how do you guys kind of deal with that so with what has happened um with a lot of the defi protocols and the uh, liquidity providers uh, over last four months uh, again that pressure has gone down new protocols are not as frequent as they were uh, one year ago so you know we are not fielding a new protocol every week uh, so that has made our job easier uh, so in that way there is a lot more stability uh, and the older protocols older portals uh, they make it easier and they have gotten better uh, in terms of their data aggregation so so defi is actually not as challenging uh, as uh, it was uh, popular coins or tokens it was always easy because you could get data from centralized exchanges so um, that was always easier defi was a bit of a challenge um, but from what i know our experience in last 3 months is uh, extremely positive um not too many bad connections or Uh, data loss events that we were experiencing more often perhaps the size of data is not as much uh, as we are uh, fetching on behalf of our clients so that could be one of the reason but uh, the data issues are not as, as many as they were last year yeah things are getting better um talk to us about in kind transactions is that something you guys see a lot of funds doing uh you know is that is that something that there's been man from investors from and how does that process kind of look like well now you know in kind or uh, fiat both have gone down as you'd expect i imagine so uh, it's it's still there it's still more than trade five so um so you know that's a positive for the digital assets or uh, crypto funds um it's not an issue as again as much and perhaps that's one of the thing where we have made a lot of uh, uh processing capabilities as in internal controls checks and balances education of fund managers education of the investors uh, what they can do what they cannot do um i think earlier there was a lot of friction because uh, something that like private wallets uh, we discourage those uh, and the investors uh, they could not understand and why will we discourage private wallet uh, yeah. or any subscription coming from a, a, a private wallet so we started educating the managers and the investors why it doesn't work whereas they have started seeing a lot of regulatory talks uh, along these uh, type of internal controls so i think they understand so there's not as much of pushback um but the number of transactions uh is uh, smaller so that is also one of the factor why we are not getting uh, as many uh 
upset customers about these things. How, how is the market impacted clients? Yeah, everything's down. Uh, stocks, bonds, crypto, the works. Uh, how has how that impacted the market? What are you guys seeing out there? It's very interesting question. So, you know, if you had asked me that question uh, in the month of May, um, I think everybody was worried. Uh, but everybody was worried for others, not for self. So we were, we were like, you know, I don't see any problem, so I'm okay. Uh, but let's see what happens to us. So the market as a whole was, and all the participants, they actually showed great resilience, um, no nervousness, and there was no sort of um, panic selling, so to speak. I mean, you saw some company that needed uh, bankruptcy protection or additional capital, but the market still digested everything, right? Um, you know, we will end the year with, I think, roughly 25, maybe 30 percent uh, growth compared to last, uh, where we ended last year. So despite all of this happening, we'll end the year 30 percent positive. And then as I think about it, I say, well, perhaps many other companies will also end the year positive, maybe flat, but it's not going to be 80 percent down. Uh, so the level of activity has gone down. It, you know, last year was 700% growth. So this year's 30% is nothing compared to 700%. Right. Uh, nonetheless, it's larger than what it was 12 months ago. So, so I feel that stability is there. Um, and, 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 it, and I think the, Fund managers, as well as in investors in this asset class, they have more patience. They're like, okay, it's winter time, time to hibernate, no need to worry, we'll come back after 18 months. So right. that attitude is actually helping where nobody's panicking. Um, now, of course, I, I think just the fact that we've seen it three years ago in, in 2018, like if, if, you, if you're still in the game, I feel like you had to at least experience some of it. And it Exactly. You know, even like myself as an investor, you know, I feel like I've grown from it. Makes it easier. Exactly. What advice would you give to a new fund manager? Uh, well, for new fund managers, I think uh, keeping patience is the key. Uh, understand the asset class. Get education. Um, the new fund managers, when I say get education, is really get education of the business. Uh, so you can be a great investor or trader for uh, DeFi or coins or tokens. Uh, but running a fund is a different kind of business. So uh, there are a lot of moving parts. There are a lot of third party touch points and it's a highly regulated business. So uh, understand that, you know, many other service providers like auditors, for example, they are there for a reason and their hands are tied. So it's not like they make the call that I will allow this or I will not allow this. Okay, but your tax preparer, they really have uh, only so many options. So they don't decide what to do, what not to do. Right. They really have their Play own. Play by the rules. Right? Same thing fund administrator, uh, you know, 
we don't just sit here and decide that you know i like it so i will allow it i don't like it so i won't allow it and i think fund managers younger fund managers and uh, first time fund managers uh, they have a hard time digesting they think that you know if i'm asking for tax id or w9 or picture id you know why do i need it and i say well this is the kind of business where i have to ask for this information and i don't really have a choice here so we try to educate them but if they understand that you know we are in a business and this is our job if we don't ask it then we are not doing our job and if we don't ask then you know we are not the right service provider for you so you should be happy that we are bringing yeah. that control so you will put it but i think managers see this as a hurdle uh, as bureaucracy which i totally agree uh, but well that's why you are hiring us right yeah so i think that's is something if people can understand the fund managers can understand uh, that infrastructure is the key even in my own business uh, you know we worked for so many years together and i always said that it's always about infrastructure so we have to make sure we have all the right policies procedures internal controls right Clients. technology right people doing the right job um it does look bureaucratic but that's the whole point yeah. um, the fund management is also uh, quite a bit bureaucratic meaning you, know, you need all of these bells and whistles uh, you like it or not that's a different thing when you have to have it and sooner you understand the better uh, you are prepared for institutional allocations or bigger ticket sizes for the investments yeah no absolutely it's definitely something should be top of mind for all fund managers um nilesh this has been great thank you so much where can people go to follow you and connect with formidium well uh, you can find us on our website formidium.com uh i'm on linkedin i think i'm fairly active on linkedin and although i don't talk about uh, you know crypto or bitcoins uh, or yeah. uh, fund admin things like those you know i usually talk about business in general or uh, startups sometimes uh, but you can find me nilesh sudranya uh, search me um or you can find me on our website also uh, formidium.com Uh, I think my Good contact info is listed there. Awesome. We'll, we'll include that in the show notes. Nilesh, thank you so much. Thank you for watching the Alt Funds Investment Podcast. As always, please like and subscribe if you find this information helpful. And let us know down below in the comments what questions you have. Reach out if you're starting an investment fund, and we can help connect you with the right service providers.